trying to talk to you in high school Couldn't even get a look cause you were too cool But now we're older and we're playing by the new rules We lived and Hello again, everybody, and welcome back to Card Advantage. I am Clues, one of your faithful hosts, and joining me, as always, is your other faithful host, Rich. How are you tonight, Rich? Doing well, thank you. That is good. I am pleased to hear that. So, we are now, let's see now, as we record this, it's kind of a weird night for us. We're doing it on a Thursday, because reasons. Um, so, it's a Thursday, it's late April. That means that coming soon... Coming soon is Modern Masters 2015, and of course, Grand Prix Vegas. Have they started the spoilers for that yet? They have, and you know, I keep checking our inbox, and I can't help but notice that we don't have one, which Mm. makes me terribly sad. But yes, a couple of cards were officially, a bunch of cards were unofficially spoiled. We're not going to talk about those. I don't like unofficial. Uh, A couple of cards were officially spoiled, including Mm. uh, Spellskite and... uh, uh, Splinter Twin. Okay, understandable. So those, those two, those, yeah, you know, I, I can see those totally being a thing that you'd, you'd kind of want since those kind of have a place in modern. So I can see it. I can dig it, right? Uh, but that's all we know at this point. Um, that and Vegas has officially broken the record. Uh, they were up over 5,100 when last I checked. I don't know where they're at right now, but. Definitely going to be quite the event, so everybody who can, come and make it out to that, let's say. Uh, other interesting news that I can pass along, uh, if anyone is going to be at uh, SCG Charlotte in late August, I will totally be there. So that's that's the next event that I know of that I'll be doing. So GP Vegas, GP Charlotte, SCG Charlotte, those are some things. Go to those, say hi. I'll be the, I'm, I'm the guy wearing the black shirt, or I guess the blue shirt, maybe if it's the SCG event. Look, the point is, I'm, you yell judge, I'll come, or somebody else will, but maybe it'll be me. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, other things coming up soon, we of course have uh, the MTG Origins, or Magic Origins, uh, that will be coming, and we will talk all about that coming soon, but that's also not what we're going to talk about tonight. Rich, what do you want to talk about tonight? I wanted to kind of like like a new segment for us, uh, which is where we go into deck archetypes. And I don't want to be like white aggro or like real like I want something very much more specific, much more narrowed down. Mm-hmm. And that's why I want to narrow it down to like a spe- very specific de- deck type. Which and this week I want to start with. Wait, wait, wait. Let me. Oh, I was going to guess green ramp. Mm, no. Knowing how much you love those things. I don't love any of those things. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, so White Weenie, a classic, classic deck archetype. Uh, It's pretty much been around since Magic was a thing. Yeah, pretty much has. Uh, You know, even even back in the day, there were really good white creatures that were very aggressively costed. And uh, White Weenie, as you may have guessed, dear listener, I'm going to blow your minds, but it is primarily a white deck. Now, I know that sounds crazy because we're actually and actually this is kind of weird because it is a deck archetype that is called exactly what it is. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you often hear deck archetypes where names get abused. Uh, but no, no, this one. Yeah, it's it's white and uh, it uses small creatures. And yeah, it, that's that's it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's primary win con is to turn dude sideways and hit you in the face. So, you know, I am all on board 100 percent with the white weenie. Uh, it's, let's, let's maybe, let's maybe talk about why you might want to go with a white weenie strategy. And I, I suppose we should stress that, at least as far as I know, right now, white weenie is not something that is viable in standard. Well, it's not something that's played in standard. We can't say it's not viable, because I'm pretty sure it could be fairly viable. Yeah, well, I, I just don't know that there are enough mono-white creatures that are... Good enough. Right? Oh, clues, clues. That's that's where you're wrong. That's where you're so wrong. We have one. We have Soldier of the Pantheon. Okay, sure. That is a two-one for one, I believe. Yeah, but isn't isn't he a heroic guy? No. 
He's Southern not? Pantrian, 2-1 for 1. Protection for multicolor. Oh, oh he's that cast guy. multicolored spell, you gain 1 life. Okay, all right, fine. Check. I can put in 4 of those. I'm with you. All right, uh, I believe Dragon's Artarkir gave us another 1 drop that has 2 power. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see if I can find his, his name. Is his name Steve? His name is not Steve. Hmm. That's a shame. I don't know if they're ever going to call Kurt Steve. It's not very, um, mythical? Magic-y? <laughs> it's not a, not a very magic-y name. Okay, that's fair. So I think we're, you might like see a Stefan the Great spell weaver of Zendikar Hedrons. That's a real long name. Okay. But let's see. Let's search white creatures that cost one mana. All right. How is there zero creatures that cost one mana? Sometimes they hit this stupid thing. Well, let's see what I can come up with. Seriously, how can you tell me there's zero mana cost creatures equal white? Are you, are you using gatherer? Yeah. Okay. Do you have an extra piece of search in there that, that doesn't belong? I have type does contain creature, does contain white, um, does contain mana cost equal one. Hmm. Yeah, I feel like that should work. It is, is there no one drop white creature? No, cause there's, there's even skirmisher right now, right? I didn't even limit by format, I just said in general. Oh, in general? Whoa, boy, then I don't know. I think Gatherer has decided that it hates you now. But no, I will put even skirmisher on the table as a possibility. What is that? Uh, he's the, the one, one for one with flying. I mean, having the evasion, that's not, that's not bad, right? No, it's not. I mean, so, okay, okay, let's, let's back up. Let's back up. So, what do you want in a white weenie deck? You want, um, efficiently costed sm- smaller creatures. Yeah. Like Soldier of the Pantheon, the two, one for one. We also have Aegis of the God, which gives you hexproof and he's the two, one for two. Mm-hmm. Um, there's Anoi Bondkin. He is 2-1 for 2, and he has Outlast. Oh, were you thinking of Dragon Hunter? He's a 2-1 yes. for 1 with protection from dragons. Yes, that's what I was thinking of. Okay. P- plus then we have uh, the new Anafenza, uh-huh. who's a 2-2 two, two for 2, who bolsters, who gets your stuff bigger. Because the big thing of what you want to do is not only just be able to play these smaller creatures, which you also have um, the Ashrock Cleric, which is... Two mana for a one three, and whenever mm-hmm. he enters battlefields, you gain three life. It's not super aggressive attack wise, but it, it bolsters your defense a little bit. Sure. But the big thing those creatures want to do, I mean, you want to swing in, but you want to buff them. You want to get them bigger, and generally that's where anthems come in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And right now, there's not tons of good anthems. The best one you probably have is Spear of Heliod. Ah, uh, yes, yeah, Spear of Heliod's pretty good. Uh, re- re- remind our listeners, what does Spear of Heliod do? Since it hasn't um, it's seen a lot of play, it's one white white for an enchantment artifact. It gives creatures you control plus one plus one. I need to make sure. I need to re- make sure I'm reading it. Yeah, let's see here. And so, then, yep, yep. Creatures you control get plus one plus one, and then you can p- pay one white white tap destroy target creature that dealt damage to you this turn. Hmm. So it is both. An anthem effect and uh, repeated removal. Yep. Well, that seems then, good. So you generally your deck's primarily going to be creatures, and uh, then you're going to have your anthem effects, a few spot removals, and generally those you're generally going to look for spells that also give your guys protection, so you can give the big all in the big alpha swing. Because mm-hmm. you don't you're not going to be super hyper aggressive. Like you're not. You I mean you're fairly fast. But you're not really blocking much because your creatures can't handle blocking for the most part. Yeah, they're not going to live long. So you're not looking like you're going to win by like turn four, but you're looking to just keep the, consistently getting in there and out tra- out damaging your opponent where they just don't feel like they can attack anymore. Right. Uh, on the subject of anthems, uh, what about uh, oh god, what is it called? It's it's the one. It's an artifact from uh, Theros block. It's got a picture of Elspeth on it. It's like Hall of Heroes. Something of Heroes, Hall of Something. Hall of Triumph. Hall of Triumph, that sounds right. Uh, isn't that an anthem effect? Hall of Triumph. Yep, uh, enters the battlefield, you choose a color, creature of said color, get plus one, plus one. Yeah, so there you go. So that's another anthem. So there's a, there's a few anth- anthem effects out there that are good. This one's nice because it's colorless, so you're not... But granted, the one white-white's really not a problem for you. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that is that is definitely true. Uh you know, being so, being a mono that's one one real plus to being a monocolored deck 
is not having to worry about uh, color fixing. Uh, you know, basically, you're going to run mostly planes, right? I mean, we right. we probably have some value add lands we could do, but. What I do, when I play White Weenie, I generally, from the time I've been playing, it's been good to splash black. Hmm. And I've always splashed black in my White Weenie decks. I see. So, um, or- Orzov Weenie. Pretty much, except the black's really light. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to list a couple of cards of wa- that have been really good, that have been really helpful. Um, Soren, Lord of Innistrad. Oh, oh God, yeah. Yeah, Soren, Lord of Innistrad's been real good. Um, Soren, Solemn, <laughs> Solemn Visitor. Also pretty solid for for a white weedy deck. So plus um, the cheap removal. Rarely do I use a lot of black creatures. Every now and then, if there's like there was a decent like black white one, like maybe Athros would be semi decent. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of your stuff's gonna die, and then if it's cheap, you're gonna keep getting it back and being able to replay it. And with the Anthem effects, you're not really losing stuff because most of them aren't functioning on counters. Right. They're functioning on, on status static gain. So Athros becomes a real problem for them, and it's probably not that hard to turn on the white devote the devotion for him to be a creature. Mm-hmm. So Athros is another real good thing to throw in there for. Okay, so let me ask this: you've been you've been playing White Weenie for a while here. So let's say a listener at home says, "You know what? I also want to play White Weenie." How do you start when you're going about building a deck? Do you do you start with the creatures? Do you start with the removal? Do you start with the anthems? Where do you begin? First, to, to know if I, to, for me, to look if a white weenie deck is viable. One, I want to look at all one drop, white one drops. Okay. And see if any of them have a way of being better than one on their own. Okay. So, for me, when I started playing white, white weenie, it was Innistrad, and the one of the best one drops I've ever seen was in that set. Do you know what this, I'm talking about? Uh, I do not know. Pa- um, Parish Champion? Oh, Champion of the Parish. Champion of the Parish. Yeah. For people who might have forgot what this amazing card did. He was a 1-1 one, one for one white, and whenever another human entered the battlefield, he'd get a plus one, plus one counter. Human tribal. He was, and he was, though generally a lot of white weedy stuff is generally, most of them are humans. Mm-hmm. Or, and this time, at the time there was human tokens, which is good. And white weedy token strategies aren't always the same, but they do get pretty close together. Right. So, but, so, Champion of the Parish was awesome. So, he, he gets bigger on his own. I mean, yes, you need another creature, but you're already playing another creature. I mean, you can play turn one, Champion of the Parish, turn, turn two, two more Champions of the Parish, swing in for three, and then your next turn really is going to be even better. Right. That has, that has happened for me before, and it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I remember him being part of a green-white humans tribal deck he, that I built. He, he was part of a lot of decks. So my first step is definitely finding out what good one drops do we have because they're the most important because you because you want to be able because you're not going to have a big hand just to give people a heads up your hand's never going to be very big because you're going to empty it out fairly quick mm-hmm. so you want the one drops the ones that get better than one by themselves so if there's a decent number like at least two creatures so you can have eight that's pretty good that's enough to start going off and building off your two drops. But I don't go to my two drops next. Next, I'm going to look at what kind of anthem effects do I have? Do I have more than one? Do I have more than one way of statically bumping my creatures? Okay. Like so, we have, like right now we have Spear of Heliod, which is okay, but it's legendary. I can't stack it. Right. It's it's not like um, what was that really good white one? Um, something purity. Honor of the pure. Honor of the pure. Yeah. Okay, plus one, plus one to white creatures or non-black creatures. Uh, it's one of the two. It's either white thought, or I thought it was white. I think it's white. But that card was great because you could stack them and they got huge. Yeah, it's it's white creatures, yeah. And and the beauty of Honor of the Pure, unlike some of these anthem effects that we were looking at just now in standard, uh, it only costs two, one and a white. Yes. Another reason why Honor of the Pure is a great card. Yeah. But so like okay, so we have Sphere of Heliod, that's nice, but without the Hall of Triumph, I probably wouldn't want the deck be deck as much because I need something else. But um, one thing that does help it right now would be um, Anafenza for her bolster ability because mm-hmm. that's actually huge. And we're talking the new Anafenza, not the old Anafenza. Yes, the new Anafenza. Uh, White Weenie, I definitely don't want to stretch into three colors. I would only spl- I only splash the second. Yeah. So, and if you really wanted to, I don't think it's as good, but there's options of being able to of splashing blue right now for Afara. It's not a terrible idea. It's a lot of card draw, which helps fuel- keeps refueling you. Mm, that seems like a terrible idea to me. Yes, because you don't want people to keep refueling, people refueling themselves. No, no, I don't want to play blue. That, oh, there's that too. 
So those are the first two things I, was, I look for. If there's a decent amount of those where I can play, then I'm going to start getting looking into building there. So then we want to look at our curve. We want a lot of ones and twos, a few threes, and those threes have to be awesome. Right. They have to be just stellar three drops. Like Fiend Hunter good. Fiend Hunter good. Fiend Hunter was... That was a card of heroes. Man, I feel bad that we keep falling back to Innistrad, but it had so many good cards. White Weenie was a really good, t- really good time back then. Really good time back then, because yep. Yeah, but we, I mean, Banisher Priest is still legal and standard right now, right? Uh, Banisher Priest, maybe. Yes, I'm gonna say yes. Let's see, Banisher Priest. Uh, Banisher Priest. No. no, Banisher Priest is gone. That's unfortunate. Creatures that have their own built-in removal are great. Yeah. Um, okay, so... But tips, o- the O-Rings or whatever the new O-Ring is now, I can't remember what it's called. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's called... Vanishing no- Light. Vanishing Light, yeah. Vanishing Light. So that's that's, I mean, that's something like that for White's always in existence. So that's always a good thing you want to have. Because you do want to make sure that you can still have removal. But another really good thing you want is some form of protection. Some way to give your creatures protection. Because you really want that alpha swing in. Um, what was that one really... Uh, there was one card that gave target something protection from something, and but it had Fateful Hour. If you're under five, you, all your creatures got protection. Oh, yeah. Um, that, thing, that thing was great. Right, yeah. And that, that is, again, Innistrad block, which, again, we keep falling back hard on. But, yeah, they, they had really good stuff back then. Yeah. So, I mean, there's lots of things like that that really, um, kind of, those are like the things that the deck wants to do, so you gotta really look for that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, like for me, I, I see on a Fens, I'm like, I wanna find some way to make a white weenie deck work, cause she's a 2 2 for 2 that makes everything bigger. Just everything's always gonna keep getting bigger, and that, to me, that's awesome. Right. So, an- another theme that I'm seeing here, uh, as as we discuss this. Also, clues, there's Archetype of Courage, which is really phenomenal. That's only costs three mana. This is the type of three drop you're looking for. Oh. One white, white for a two, two that has first strike. Creatures you have control have first strike, and anything else that has first strike loses first strike mm. for your opponents. That's the kind of three drops you want. That's that's huge impact right there. Wait, it, is, is that card legal right now? Yeah, Born of the Gods, baby. Wow. All the archetypes are legal. This is the only one that's actually decently costed. All the other ones are super expensive. Granted, because they do really broken things. Well, yeah, that they do. Okay, so one uh, one. By the way, the uh, the card you were trying to think of a minute ago was Faith's Shield. Thank you. Love so, that card. The card was great. Yeah, Faith's Shield. That is that is pretty good. Um, okay, so one of the themes I'm seeing here. So we look at our one drops. We look at our anthem effects. We look at we look at curve filling. We look at our twos and our three drops. Everywhere along here, I feel like you are trying to avoid grizzly bears. Wherever possible, you want something that is better than vanilla. You do exactly. You want something that's better. You don't because if you're just playing what's you know vanilla, what's if it's just as good being a vanilla creature, you don't want it. Yeah. There's so, no benefit to doing what you're doing. If it's a 1-1 one, one for 1, that's no good. If it's 2-2 two, two for 2, that's no good if that's all they say. Right. But if they've right. got extra stuff, if they got evasion, if they've got uh if they bring their own anthem effect, if they bring in bolster, if they bring in any any value add is what you want. Right. Like um like Soldier of the Pantheon. He's pro multicolor, which is right. handy. Which is also- clutch these days. Plus, and you also gain the life when they cast multicolored spells. I mean, just like benefits like that, or Dragon Hunter that's pro dragons. Yeah, yeah, and, I'd actually forgotten about Dragon Hunter. I feel like he could have a real place in 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 standard right now because there are so many dragons lying around. And, and Dragon Hunter is not only pro dragon, but he can block as though he has reach. Dragons, he can plug dragons as though he had reach. Yeah. So take that, dragons. Take that. All right, so we got some one drops, we got some anthem effects. We've we've filled out our curve with twos and threes that are all value add. How do you feel? Because this is this is actually kind of an eternal topic of debate in uh, in circles who do white weenie, you know, going back years. Do you stick in a couple of copies of a four or a five drop as a finisher, or are you just all in on the small guys? It depends on my build. My White Weenie token deck that I built back in Innistrad, I had two four drops. Soren, and I had 
I can't remember my drop Bloodline Keeper. Oh yeah. And I had Bloodline Keeper because he was an immediate threat that they had to get rid of. Right. He drew more he drew more kill spells than a Paris that was at five. Because they could block the parasites at five, but the Bloodline Keeper is a problem. Because mm-hmm. Bloodline Keeper, I win the long game if they leave him alone. So I like the idea of that, but it has to be the right kind. Now, like net, like right now, let's you know, if I threw a Shrine of Nykthos in this deck, I'll be, I would be tempted on running a like an Avacyn or something that's a little bit bigger because there's the chances of me getting there earlier is very high because. Almost all my creatures are going to have multiple whites in their casting cost, which gives me so much more devotion. Mm-hmm. So, like, the new Avacyn wouldn't be terrible in the deck because she costs five mana, and there's chances I could definitely play her much earlier if I have Nykthos. Sure. So, I mean, it all depends on the four or five drop. Like, would I put Heliod in this in a deck like this? Maybe. Giving all my stuff Vigilance is really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that it is. Pl- Plus, he's most likely going to be a 5-6, which is awesome. And if the game goes long, because White Weenie, that's one thing that people don't know about White Weenie. White Weenie can go long. They can win an attrition war a long game. They have a harder time with it, but they can do it. Um, so they, and with Heliod, it's also a good way to win, you win the long game. So those are like, like, that's the stuff I would honestly think about, but that's about it. I mean, there's not a ton right now that I think would be super beneficial for you. Um, I actually have a suggestion of Hundred one. Hundred-handed one I wouldn't be too offended by. Yeah, that's not who I was thinking of. Uh, God, what is his name? There was a whole cycle of them that were in the last core set. Uh, the Souls. Oh, Soul of Theros? Yeah, Soul of Theros. Now... He's a good idea if yeah, you are on the Nyxos plan. six mana, so I you feel like you've got to commit to that. For him, you have to commit to the Nyxos plan, mm-hmm. and you pretty much, at that point, you, I don't even think you can run, like, so, you're Sorin. Mm-hmm. I think you, because you need to be so focused on everything you have has to have white mana, because you want to be able to spit him out as soon as possible. Yeah. Because it's not like Red, Red Deck wins where you're running only 20, you know, 18 to 20 land. You're gonna run more land than that, but you're not be, you're not running twenty four. Hmm. So you're not gonna get super high amounts of mana cost. Right. Hmm. Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like at least right now, a soul is probably a trap. Um. Honestly, if, what I would say, I would run Nykthos in a deck right now, and I would pretty much save it for Master of Pearl. Master hmm. of Pearls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's that's gonna win me a game. That five mana is gonna win me a game. Yeah, he also has uh, has morph, so you could play him as a three as a for three mana as a two two, or so you know. Right, but the, the morph is the only way that his cost gets good. Oh yeah, That's the only yeah. reason he's worth it. He's only worth the, worth his morph cost. Two two a two two for three or two two for two is not worth. Well, it's not like horrible. It's not like it's not worth it if you need the two drop. But most likely, I want him for three so I can morph him on five and win. Yeah, I had forgotten that his his ability is only when he turns face up. I'm sorry. So for those who don't know, Master of Pearls, one and a white for a two two human monk. He has morph for three white whites so of five, as Rich was saying. When he's turned face up, creatures you control get plus two plus two until end of turn. So this is your alpha strike effect. Yes. Um, I guess maybe Ojutai exemplars would be okay. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, I'm not, I don't know how many non-creature spells I'd be casting. So that's tough, cause that feels a little, little trappish to me. Right. Um, Brimaz is pretty good. Oh, Brimaz is, is the, is the boy. Man, you totally want him in this deck. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think that, uh, the King of the Kitties, he is, he's like the definition of value add, right? Yeah. I mean, one white white, three mana, you get a three four. Right there, just stop, we're pretty good, pretty good shape. You're right. 100% value add. Also has vigilance, so it's even better. But then, when you attack, he makes a dude. When you block, he makes a dude. So he's like all kinds, he's like nine kinds of value add. Yeah, I love it. Absolutely love it. I mean, honestly, if I was going to build a Wait We Need deck today, yeah, I would start off with four uh, four Dragon Hunters, there's Dragon Slayers, four Soldier of the Pantheon, three new Onofenza, three Brimas, um, 
Those for sure. Those are like guarantees. Probably um, four spears of Heliod, four um, of that artifact. Hall of Triumph? Yep. Maybe two or three Masters of Pearls. Strictly because I don't want, if, I don't want tons of expensive things. You don't want tons of expensive things. Right. I need I mean, to look at, I need the, the, the whole, you know, definition of white weenie, if they're really big, they're not really weenies anymore, so. No, it just becomes white value and that's not what I'm looking for. Right. Well, why not? It's not a terrible idea, but it's not, a, I don't think it's as effective with all the, the anthem effects making white weenie so effective and so dangerous. I need to look at not creatures. I need to look. I need to see what kind of spells are out there. Yeah. Okay. So now we've got uh, we've got a creature base, right? And you're probably looking at what somewhere around eighteen to twenty creatures, somewhere in there. Yeah, probably. That sounds about right. Okay. So we're gonna call it twenty-ish creatures, and we're probably gonna want uh, your land count. Let's see. Now, so far we haven't gone really I like, big. I like about twenty-two. So about 22 lands. That's where I that's that's where I feel real nice and safe. So if we go about 18 creatures and about 22 lands, we have 10 spots to go, right? And if you're going with your halls and your spears, we don't have a ton of room left for spells. So what what do you look for in a spell that's going to be crowding out one of your creatures or crowding out one of your anthems? Uh, you want like a one thing you want is like a Sorin. Mm-hmm. That's um that definitely would crowd out a creature for me. Johnny's presence. That's that's solid. That's uh it's one one white in an instant and it has strive so you can target more than one for two and a white two and a white. Any number of target creatures each get plus one plus one and gain indestructible until end of turn. Seems good. So cards like that you want cards like that. Uh, launch the boats. That's something that you definitely want. Uh, we don't want Chain the Rock in this one. Oh yeah, we have no mountains. I mean, uh, uh, splashing. I know I, I've only mentioned splashing, Boros or red or blue and black, but red's a decent splash too for the, with the right cards. Red is always um, a decent splash. Dictative Heliod wouldn't be terrible if we were going the um, the Nykthos route. Now, remind that, me, which one's Dictative Heliod? It's three white-white for uh, creatures you control at plus two, plus two, and it has flash. Mm. Uh, Devouring Light, solid. It's uh, one in a one white-white with, with Convoke for exile target attacking or blocking creature. That's just solid right there. Uh, Banishing Light, I think, is another good one. I yep. think we already talked about that. Mass Calcify, if that's still legal. I don't know if it is. Uh, I don't know that that one's still legal. Uh, Mass Calcify. Um, that seems real good, though. Uh, hey, that is. The, but also, my God, that's that, expensive. That's on the Nykthos plan. Yeah, you got to be on the Nykthos. That's, that's five white-white for destroy all non-white creatures. God's Willing is great. Target creature you control gains protection color of your choice. Scry one. Uh, people are going to get sucked into Godsend. You don't want equipment. This isn't Voltron. You want to pump all your dudes, not just that guy? Yeah, that, that's very different because white, white is not known for having the protection and the evasion that you want. There's a few things, yes, but not everything. Uh, Last Breath is great. Exile target creature with power two or less. Exist controller gains four life. It's a great ability, depending on the deck. It's much more better than the sideboard. Launch the fleets. This is the one. Cost one white and strive class is one colorless. So until end of turn, any number of target creature gain. Whenever this creature attacks, put a one one white soldier token, creature token onto the battlefield tapped and attacking. Hmm. You get the right mana. That could be destruct, just, just terrifying. I'm not seeing as many of the protection spells as I want. Raise the alarm. Semi-decent if you want to go the token route, but we haven't really, we weren't really looking the token route. Resupply, that's a great card. No, I'm just kidding, it's not. It's, it's terrible. Revoke existent is, is generally that's pretty standard sideboard tech. 
Well, before we get to the before we get to the sideboards, okay, because we are we are going to talk sideboard. Uh, okay, so the kinds of things that we're putting in here that aren't creatures, they're pump effects, they're protection effects, uh, they're uh, planeswalkers that do either of those things. Yep. Uh, for uh, me, I would r- probably run Utter End because I would splash the black for it. Right. Which. That's it. That's yeah. just solid. Yeah, that's gonna that's gonna bring up my next question. What do you do about removal? How do you well, get rid of their guys? Most of the time, removal is gonna be in your sideboard, and you're gonna use it for something sp- very specific. Uh huh. And at least in my experience, um, I'm always a I'm always a main board banishing light guy. I've always run those main because it catches all. Because it's like everyone's like, oh, if they have this game one, I just I'll just you know I just lose game one. They'll have sideboard. I don't like that plan. That's never my plan for any deck. Right. That's why most decks, white decks I run will always have O-Ring, or whatever you want to call it now, main board. Yeah, the universal solvent, because it solves nearly everything. It solves everything. So, going 22 land and 18 creatures, yeah, it does not give us tons of extra space that I would like. But, honestly, maybe I would even drop down to just six Anthem effects. Because mm-hmm. one, the spear, I can't, spear can't stack. Right. Because it's legendary. I just want to make sure I have it. So I'd probably drop down to six apiece. Give me two, two planeswalkers and two protection spells. So probably mm-hmm. the one, probably a Johnny's presence, the one with strife. Okay. So you're, you're talking like no actual main deck removal then. For this, the build we've been talking about, probably not. Um, hopefully the, hopefully your deck is fast enough and you're not worried about what they have. The only thing, and this is in general for white weenie decks, you're going to want to throw everything out there to win. Don't. Don't just throw everything out to win because you're going to face a, a board wipe will just ruin your day. Okay, so you're saying don't overextend here. Don't overextend. It's so easy to win white weenie, but don't. Unless you have Athreos out and they will die unless they give you everything back. Because I've done that. I've overextended with Athreos out, and they wanted to board wipe, Mike. How much of it do you want to give me back? And the answer is generally they don't want to give me back a lot, but they also don't want to take that much damage. Because eventually, it doesn't take long for you to be lethal right. to kill to kill with Athreos. Seven creatures. Seven creatures is lethal. And that sounds like a lot, but in a white weenie deck, it's really not. Tokens, it's a little bit easier to get there, but we're not talking about tokens yet right now. Yeah, if we were, I would have suggested uh, Elspeth belongs in any white strategy, but I don't know. She doesn't feel like the right fit not, for she, this. She's not in this or tokens too much. She's cost way too much. Hmm. Now, honestly, if it was the, fi- the Elspeth that cost five, Terrell, I would honestly consider it because, again, we've talked about this before. Five and six is a huge difference in mana cost. People don't – I don't think everyone always understand, but five and six is really big difference. Right. But, I um, mean, even honestly, even if you're not on everything super high on the, the Nykthos plan, I would still run at least two. Now, the other interesting upside that I have seen to this sort of a strategy is uh, you're kind of forcing your opponent to do suboptimal things, right? Because yeah. let's say they've got counter spells in hand because, you know, they're, they're that kind of person. Uh, or they've got spot removal, okay? Oh, when you De- throw down a little dude, they're Dex like, with spot removal, eh, hate white weenie. Should I, I kill it. this little dude? He's like a 2-1. I'm sure my opponent has a bomb. I'll hang on to this, you know, uh, hero's downfall. I'll hang on to it until he puts down something big. Except here's, here's the trick. You're not putting down anything big. Just bunches of little dudes. Good players will realize that soon, and they'll try to start killing your little stuff. But they'll know, because, like, they're not going to want to kill Soldier of the Pantheon. They might eventually have to, but they don't want to. They never want that. Like the the in the deck we describe, here's the things they're gonna want to kill: Anafenza, yep, Brimas, yeah. Those are the things they have to kill, have to. But the, I mean, if Anafenza gets two plus one plus one counters out of her, well worth it. Huge, yeah, definitely. Huge worth. Actually, honestly, I mean, even if she just eats a spell without counters, I still think it's worth it. Mm-hmm. I mean, spot removal decks like Old Jund. Remember Old Jund? Um, back a couple standards ago, that deck hated White Weenie because that's all they were was spot removal. That was how they dealt with things with spot removal. And Olivia Voldaire, she made things a little bit difficult, but for the most part, they didn't have the mana to kill everything. 
away with all their spells early, and you were then you start building up because they didn't have good spot removal, right? Or good board white removal. So what uh, what happens when you hit what I would probably call your worst nightmare for white weenie, and that is uh, your opponent gets out something big. Maybe even something, I mean, what I'm really thinking of is, is kind of a, a few sets ago, and that is, uh, Batter Skull. You know, if they get something big that has lifelink, or they get something big and they have any sort of life gain, that's where I think you run into problems. You do. You do. Cause, Cause if it's, they if can, it's, they can help win the attrition war. Yeah, if it's just something big, you're probably still okay for a little bit, because that something big can only block one thing. And they're probably so low on life by this point, by the time they get out their big thing, that they can't really start swinging with it willy-nilly, unless it's got vigilance. Well, people, there's two choices people have when they start to realize what kind of deck you're playing. Race or defend. Those are the options they have, is race or defend. Defending is going to hold you off until you get the cards you need. Is Brave the Elements legal? Is that gone now? Uh, I feel like it came back in 2015. Brave the... You can tell how much standard I actually play, right? Same here. Brave the Elements. Nope, it rotated. Sorry, it was in 14, not 15. That's disappointing. Yeah, I know. That one was always one of my favorites. So Brave the Elements, originally from Zendikar Block... Uh, it's an instant, costs one white, choose a color, white creatures you control gain protection from the chosen color until end of turn. Oh man. Yeah, there's, there's not a lot of really good alpha wins, which is what I would always, that's what I always help you beat the defenders, cause you would generally have a deck that you just brave the elements, I win. Mm-hmm. Um, racing is okay if you can win the race, but it's not an easy race to win, cause they're, but they're getting, they're buffing themselves. They're most of the time you, if you're racing them, you don't have the 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 things that are making them bigger and bigger. Like you know, my old deck, I would have like three Soren emblems and uh, intangible virtues, and I'd have four lingering souls. You're not racing me. You can't beat me at this point. So nothing out there. That, there's nothing out there that gives a lot of lifelink right now, though. Because Vault of the Archangel, uh, that, well, that was other than uh, Soren, right? One of one of the Sorens gives your creatures oh, plus one right. plus zero oh, and lifelink. He does give lifelink. I forgot about that. Yeah. So right now, actually, I mean, you're not winning an attrition war with Soren Solemn Visitor. You're just you're not. That's just not a de- that's just not a race you can win. So most likely you have to defend, which isn't the worst option because eventually, you if you have the right deck, they're not going to be able to go over you. Mm. They just can't because there's they have to like really nail hard on Nykthos to get pre- Johnny's presence. Or whatever it's called, yeah, Johnny's presence to get a huge one, because I mean it costs seven mana just to get three guys through. So I mean, so it'll, it takes a bit, but I mean, I think honestly, right now with no Brave the Elements like deck, I don't. That's the one thing that's probably holding this deck back right now. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, that's been it's White Weenie. I, lo- I love White Weenie. I like I really like Splashing Black. I've always liked it because. I know. I played the Soren version. It was awesome. Um, the Athros version is probably is probably fairly decent. Um, I still prefer Soren because I think he does more for you. Mm-hmm. Plus, if you, if Soren ever gets you to the long game and he alts, you win the long game. You just gotta wait, right? Because they don't have creatures after a point. So, uh, one thing we didn't really touch on, although we we kind of mentioned it a little bit along the way. Uh, what about sideboarding? So, what what sorts of things do you pack in your sideboard in my sideboards for white weenie i pack the best white removal you can find o-rings you know smite the monstrous utter end things like that how how do you feel about pacifism i don't use it very often unless i know it's an extremely heavy creature meta so I, i mean i'm not against it but i'm not super for it i don't run it very often mm-hmm because I would much rather just run more O-rings. Sure, you'd, you'd rather permanently deal with the thing than... Because pacifism deals with creatures, doesn't deal with everything I need it to deal with. Right. Whereas O-ring or Banishing Light now deals with everything I need it to. More of a Swiss Army knife. Yeah, I, prefer, I much prefer answering all than very specific things. Mm-hmm. Another reason why I like Utter End, it, just, it deals with something indefinitely. It's done, it's gone, I don't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah. Um... 
more protection spells. It's really, and the, the niche things like, you know, Revoka's existence, you know, mm-hmm. stuff to get rid of pesky things, you know, things that, you know, O-Ring can cover, but I need O-Rings for creatures and things like that. I mean, I, and every now and then I will do, um, change it up enough where I can like a little bit bigger creatures to just, just my strategy, get a little bit, you know, where I can get, get myself in the range to go mid range. Sure. So I always like that option to put myself in more of a mid-range area. So they, I keep a decent amount of smaller creatures and they start blowing their removal on there. So I'm built, cause they think that this will slow me down, but it's really just wasting their removal for me to get my mid-range out and win. Right. So that's, that's kind of what I like to do. I'll to put one or two big mid-rangey creatures, like probably like, like the Avacyn or the Soul of Theros, things like that. I would put in just so, oh, they're like, oh, okay. This makes things a little bit more difficult. Probably, I probably wouldn't go higher than five, strictly because the the mana I'm running a lot less mana, right? Than I would if I normal deck that would be running Soul of Theros. So do we have a decent? What kind of five drop creature are we looking at? That's not Avacyn. Like Bane Slayer Angel. Oh, those were the days. Yeah, well, for build, yeah, for building modern. White weenie with a lot big. Yeah, we got a, we got a lot more creatures to choose from if we're going modern here. Yeah, so let's see. What kind of creature would I? Have? There's a lot of expensive creatures, a lot of cheap ones. That's the thing about white; they don't have tons of mid-rangey stuff in the middle. Back in the day, Sarah's Angel would have been a good idea. Yeah, Sarah Angel, Bane Slayer Angel, all, all the big angels. Uh, let's see here. Uh, a Geus Angel, but no, I don't think that's gonna be good enough. Um, Sun Scorcher Regent wouldn't be terrible. It's a 4-3 Flying Dragon. Whenever opponent casts a spell, he gets to put a plus one, plus one counter on him. Mm-hmm. And then I gain one life. That's honestly probably one that I would definitely do. That's, a, yeah, he costs five, he's decent body. And they're, it's something that they really don't want me to have very long. Um, Windmake Rock would be pretty nice too. But, oh yeah. I mean, so that, I mean, that gives you, um, six, eight power and toughness in the air. If, if you're able to raid. Right. If you can't raid, he's garbage. <laughs> no, I'm probably looking at Sun Scorcher Dragon. That's probably, or Sun Scorcher Regent. That's probably the mid-range um, beast I would throw in there. Mm-hmm. Throw a couple of those in there because that'd be really hard for them to deal with. If, if they if they blew all their removal, and they don't want to, they're not going to want to. Ca- I mean, Castle kind of shuts them down in casting their spells too. They're not going to want to cast tons of spells because I'm just going to be able to mow through them. Yeah. So all the other dragons are way too expensive. Yeah, and they take us into colors that I don't know you wanted to go into, right? No, I, I want to stay as close to white creatures as possible, maybe a little bit of black. But I definitely wanted to stay away from the six casting costs. It just gets too expensive for running only 20, if we only ran 22 land. Right. Six, six casting costs is a lot. It is a lot. I mean, even, even going with the Nykthoses. Um, you know, strangely enough, Sarah Angel is technically legal right now. Yeah, that's why I said Sarah Angel, but she's just, she's not what she used to be. No, she's not. I mean, it's sad when a 4-4 flying vigilant is not good enough. Cause she just doesn't do, that's, that's all she does, and that's sad to say, but that's all, because that's a lot, but that's all she does. Yeah. Um, uh, Johnny's Pride actually wouldn't be terrible right now in this deck either. Uh huh. Cause with Soldier of the Pantheon, there's enough things in the deck to make you gain life that it might be relevant. Yeah, I mean, I'm really looking at Sunscorch Regent. Um, maybe, maybe that, maybe Avacyn. Like one of those two, because one of those two are the, what, the, is gonna win me, would win me the game, because if they spent all the removal on that stuff. Yeah, I actually, I actually feel like Sunscorch Regent might be the way to go. Uh, he, uh, have we, did we describe him yet? Yeah, I did. Okay, alright, just wanted to make sure. Uh, yeah, uh, he's probably my vote for a more mid-rangey strategy. Yeah, especially as he gets bigger and I can still have my anthem effects. Yeah. So, um, Eidolon of Countless Battles is also a card I would run in the main board. Oh yeah, I forgot all about the Eidolon. Cause actually now that I remember my old deck did run a, we did, I did run one five drop. 
And that was um Guy Standard Monk. That's what I ran in my old deck. So um uh, Idol on a countless battles, he's an enchantment creature at zero zero, but he gets plus one plus one for each creature you control and each aura you control. Which is not as relevant because I'm not gonna have a lot of auras, but most but having a bunch of creatures is what the deck will do. Right. So he'll generally be pretty busy. Plus he can also bestow so I mean it's fairly safe to be able to bestow him for four onto something. Onto my Aunt Offenza. So she gets huge and then things like that. Or actually probably Pan- the Soldier of the Pantheon would be a better target because that has some form of evasion. Yeah, evasion is definitely a good thing. Uh, flying is great. Uh, protection from a color is even better these days because I mean, I gotta be honest, standard right now, there are a lot of things in the air. A lot of dragons out there right now, yeah. Yeah. Which is why we need the Dragon Hunter. Yeah. That's mean. That is a main portable card. I mean, honestly, Geist of the Moors, I don't know, it's a 3-1 with flying, which is not bad in this kind of white weenie deck, but it costs three. And it's, it's I don't know, it just feels like, I don't know. I feel like he should do more for three mana, right? A little bit more than just being a, because th- the one toughness is what gets me, is because none of my anthems are coming down before turn three. So if we had Honor the Pure, it came down to turn two, yeah, I'd play this card in a heartbeat. Sure. But they don't, so. Alright, so what's your worst matchup in standard right now? If, let, let's say we commit, we build a white weenie deck. What's our worst case scenario? Um, if a blue black control deck gets, can outlast me, like could get to a decent point, um, they're terrible. Cause if they can board wipe and then counter spell and then put the, their cylinders out, Mm-hmm. I don't, there's not a big, there's not a big comeback for that. Um, honestly, I think Abzan Control's got the deck down because it's good. It's really hard to go over. It's hard to go over um, the Rhino, and the Rhino's got freaking Trample. Oh yeah. So so you can't block him efficiently. Um, plus they got decent removal. Plus they run Elspeth, which is just ruins your day. Um, so honestly, uh, there's a few aggro decks. Uh, Agro decks don't really matter for White Weenie because you can, you're generally just racing for the most part because you're rarely blocking them. So honestly, I think some of the more controlly decks are a little bit more difficult. Um, if they get going, and most of them I've, that I've seen lately, they, they're controlly, but they're fairly mid-rangey. Mm-hmm. So they, honestly, if like, what, what does Crux of the Dragon cost or that, one that destroys dragons or destroys non-dragons? Is that four or is it five? I think it's five. I think it's five. So crux, I think they got a, crux of Fate. It yeah. costs five. Three black, black. Either yeah, destroy all you, dragons or destroy all non-dragons. If you can't kill any of the control decks before five, I don't think you can beat them. Yeah. It's going to be really hard. And I don't think you can... Once um, Abzan Control gets to three and they get their cru, their course of crucifix down, I don't know if you can beat them either. Yeah, because they're gaining life. They've got a dude who's probably... He's got a bigger butt than your guys. Way bigger, and it's, I mean, yeah, some of them are going to be able to take him down, but they'll never block with him. Yeah. They're gaining, they're, yeah, the life gain and how big, how he's going to block, block you out most of the game until you get bigger than him. I really think Abzan Control is probably their, one of the best bets against him because they get going a little bit faster than the Blue Blacks do. Yeah. But again, if Blue Black hits five with a board wipe, even if you play conservative with your creatures, I don't know if you can beat them. Because they're going to have more mana than you, and they're going to be able to, to, um, to, you know, Crux of Fate, then they're going to be able to play Silinger, and then they're going to be able to play, like, Ugin in a few turns, and then it's over. So, I think the controlier decks are probably the worst matchups for the, for a white weenie deck right now. Well, uh, given, given that fact, I know we've just spent the better part of an hour talking up white weenie, but given that, that Abzan's going to be one of your worst matchups, and that's extremely Given popular. Given how much Abzan there is out there, uh, would you say, uh, is it fair to say that White Weenie might be a bit of a stretch right now? I do strictly because there's, we don't have a spell that just says, all my creatures are indestructible. Mm-hmm. All my creatures have protection from this. Um, there's ones that it's very incremental. It costs you a lot of mana to get, but you don't ever get the full blanket statement. Yeah. And because of that, yes, I would say they are a bit of a stretch right now. Um, I think there's a lot of good components, though. 
a lot of good components. Um, I w- I'm interested to see what we get from Origins and what we get from Zendikar for next standard. Because mm-hmm. next standard, we're going to lose Heliod, we lose Spear of Heliod, we lose Hall of Triumphant, we lose Soldier of the Pantheon. We lose, so we lose a fair amount. But Abzan gave us a lot of white weedy, those tribes gave us a lot of white weedy stuff. Mm-hmm. And we got the new Anafenza, we got the Dragon Hunter, we got some decent white creatures. We got the, you know, the one one that's a one two and you can, he bolsters for really cheap. Or, um, outlasts for really cheap. So we got things like that. That once so there's tools for the future if they give us better spells for right now. It's just not the, what's holding this deck back right now is the spells. Mm-hmm. At least in my opinion. I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't see them. And if Craig Wesco's not playing a white weenie deck, most likely it's not that viable. <laughs> that's that's actually a fair barometer, right? Because Craig Craig Wesco, very very well known for uh, playing a white weenie deck whenever it's possible, maybe even sometimes when it's not possible. And hey, he won a pro tour when no one was playing white weenie. Yeah, if he's not pushing it right now, uh, yeah, then then he's it's it's not it's not a thing. It's it's a lot more difficult. So, but yeah, without a Brave the Elements-like spell, without a My Stuff's Indestructible spell, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what um, what White Weedy can do to survive some of the more popular decks right now. Yeah. I mean, you could play it and totally cheese some people. Like, they won't see it coming, and they won't know what to do. Because honestly, there, I think there's like a sickness some players have, meta players have, is if a deck's not in the meta, they forget how to play against that archetype. Yeah. Like, if, well, they play super meta, they play generally what's in tournaments, they grind FNMs and stuff, and if they don't see a white weedy deck on a fairly regular basis, they'll see one and they won't remember how to play against it. So that that's something that ha- that happens a lot. I see that happen a lot. So people with standard who grind the FNMs, they grind the standard meta, they forget about how to play against decks that aren't in the meta. And I mean, that's why rogue. That's why you know. I mean, even like, pros, people in like grand grand prix do that because you know Chapin was always known as the rogue deck builder. Right. And he would win because people didn't know how to play against his decks because they were completely different from the norm. Yeah, because you know playing to the metagame, that is something that uh, to win a tournament, you've got to be able to do that too. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Well, yeah. To, to me, it's like you don't got to. Play a meta deck. You got to play a deck that beats the meta. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's not always how it goes because it's very rare that one deck can cover it all. Yeah, and if I suppose... there was, it would be Cobblade, and everyone would play. It. And oh wait, everyone did. Yeah, we did that once, and it was awful. I mean, there are some Cobblade players who will disagree, but you know, I don't even think awful. Cobblade players liked playing Cobblade. I think they just played it. I don't think they actually liked it. Right. Because I don't think they liked playing against Cobblade all the time. Because eventually, Cobblade decks were only trying to beat Cobblade decks. And that's why other decks started to do well, because they Cobblade was trying to beat Cobblade. So this Cobblade version beat this version of Cobblade better. So this version of Cobblade beat that version of Cobblade. Mm-hmm. And then people would play the non-Cobblade decks and like going, why aren't you playing Cobblade? Oh, because I don't have a $1,000 to spend on Jace Mind Sculptors. Yeah. So, so I mean, as much as I like White Weedy, I don't think it's extremely viable right now, which makes me sad. Um, you know, it's like similar to tokens. I'm a huge fan of playing tokens, and that's not even a, that's not viable at all right now. That also makes me sad. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is mean. This I like talking about stuff like this because I like going deeper than just the it's white aggro. I like going mm-hmm. deeper into things like this. Because that's how we play. We don't just play white aggro. Most people play it. They, everything we play is so much more s- singled down into very specific, you know, deck lists and strategy and very, it's more, everything we play is actually more niche than how we talk about things. Like we talk about, oh, blue black control, but blue black control is, I mean, as we saw in the top eight, they all do something different. Granted, they all share control, but white weenie is kind of like that. You call it white weenie, but it's 
different. Like, let's talk about you, you can play it with tokens, which is more tokens than white weenie. But, like, you can use the Nykthos strategy to, to play bigger things because you have a lot of little white things that help you give you bigger white things. But, you know, not all use that strategy. I mean, I don't always use that strategy. Granted, Nykthos isn't always a thing when I play white weenie, but you know what I mean. Now, you did mention something that's interesting that I think we should uh, at least touch on briefly before we go away from this, right? So, uh, White Weenie, not really gonna cut it right now. But remember that rotation is totally a thing. And we have the weird rotation starting at the end of this year before we transition into what will be the, the new rotation, right? So right now, we got Theros, Born of the Gods, Journey into Nex, uh, 2015, Cons, Fate, Dragons. We're about to hit, uh, MTG Origins, right? Yep. And nothing rotates with Origins. So everything's gonna be fine through the summer. But this fall, when Battle for Zendikar releases, that is when we will lose all of Theros Block and 2015. Those will go away. So our standard starting this fall will just be Cons Block, MTG Origins, and Battle for Zendikar. It's going to be a lot smaller. It's going to be a lot smaller. Because remember, Zendikar will be... Because I don't remember if they're doing big set, big set, or how how they're doing the new boxes. The card count is going to be much different. Yeah, I think they're going to be big little. But the little has to be bigger than a normal little. Maybe we'll call it big medium? I I think they're really going to have to get away from the big little kind of idea. Like like, um, Battle for Zendikar is going to have more... Cars clearly because this could be the building block, but I don't, th- I th- don't think, I think you're right, it'd be like medium, I think, but you're just, eventually it's gonna just be, oh, this is the first set, this is the second set. It's not gonna be a big little, cause I, I just think that's not how they can do it. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't think they could have a little, a big and a little, and that's it. Like, that's right. the block, I don't think they could do that. Think, think we need, think we need big, big? I don't think we need big, big. It's hard to say, cause the, it's hard to say because we're not in that rotation yet. We're still used to the core set. We're still getting a core set. So it might be, it is going to be big little, and then the next set will be big little, and the next set will be big little. And we'll have three, you know, because eventually we'll be in three different blocks that have big little. Yeah. So maybe that will be enough because that takes the place of core sets and other things. But right now with core sets, big little sounds like it's not going to be a lot of cards. Yeah. Huh. So it was cons, it was big little big, right? Yeah, it was big little big. And like I said, when Battle for Zendikar hits, we're still gonna have cons, fate, and dragons, so we'll have big little big. We'll have origins, which is usually a fairly large set, the the core sets, or at least they used to be back in the day when we had those. Then we'll have Battle for Zendikar, and then whatever the second set in Battle for Zendikar is, because at that point, blocks will now only be two, not three. As a battle for Zendikar. So, uh... Where's the name for the second set? Death of Zendikar. Eye of Ugin 2, which is set number two in battle for Zendikar. I I actually don't know what it's going to be called. Death of Zendikar. When that... No, we like Zendikar. Stop trying to kill it. Uh, when that... When that drops, nothing rotates. But when whatever the next block is, Return to Kamigawa, whatever that is, when Return to Kamigawa happens... It's not. Which, is, which they're going to call this set legendary bitches. Uh, when Return to Kamigawa drops, cons and fate go away. So we're left with just dragons of Tarkir. So we hope you like the No, cards. no. No, no. All go away. No. What? Dragon stays? Dragon, dragon stays. Why does dragon stay? Because we need to have essentially six sets forming. So, so dragons will stay with origins? Dragons and Origins will stay through Return to Kamigawa and uh, Battle for Kamigawa or whatever the second one in that set is. But when the set after that comes out, we lose Dragons and we lose Origins, and then we're just left with our new three-block three rotation. Interesting. I didn't realize Dragons was staying. Yes, that's but why that's I mentioned it. That's why they built that step the, way, the set the way they did. Yeah, that's why it can stand alone by itself. That's why it's. That's no, why it's, it is what it is. Now it's all coming together. Yeah, so... Oh, see, they had a plan. I know, it's crazy. It's like they've done this before. But they're only, only like they have. I like how we're just assuming... <laughs> we're just calling the next set Return to Kamigawa. That's, that's, all we're, that's all we're calling it now from now on, until we know what it is. <laughs> we're calling it Return to Kamigawa. That's right. From now on, 
the the first set after the battle for Zendikar block is Return to Kamigawa. And if we're so, right, clues. How great is that going to be? If we're right, we're, we're totally not right. There's no way that's happening. But maybe I, I, I wouldn't say there's no way. Uh, it's highly unlikely. Highly unlikely, but it's not. It's not going no way. Eh, we specialize in highly. Un- I, I honestly didn't th- I think we were going to Zendikar this quick. It has not been that long since we've been at Zendikar. Oh yeah, I didn't think it was going to happen quite this fast either. Because it was eight, eight, almost ten years between Repnicas and eight years between Mirrodins. Mm-hmm. I mean, so we, we're hitting like less than four. We are picking up the pace. We are so. picking up the pace. Hey, uh, I know that uh, we we don't really talk too much about unofficial spoilers on this show, but I don't know if you heard, but one of the unofficial spoilers for the new Modern Masters is they're bringing back all of the original commands. And if you remember, like two shows ago, we talked about all the commands. You remember that? I, I think was that last show actually. No, no, last show was uh, flavor. Oh, then yeah, I talked about the commands. It was like two shows ago. So the commands, see, see, timely information. That's what this podcast brings to you. Is it all the commands? That sounds gross. Uh, well, just the the original five. Uh, right, but right. why waste the rare spots? Oh, so you can have a whole cycle. But I don't want a whole cycle. Yeah, because some of them kind of sucked. I mean, we established. There's, you, I know people can't see my hands. There's uh, cryptic command. Yep. Super high. Yep. Fall decent far away. Oh, oh wait, yeah, yeah. Okay, hold on, everybody. Uh, wherever you are, even if you're driving, unless you're driving a manual transmission, then this won't work. But if you're on the bus, that's cool too. Take your, take one of your, take whatever your dominant hand is. Okay. Hold it over your head. Okay. That's where cryptic command is. Okay. Now everything else that's kind of okay. Take your hand and put it like down, I don't know, waist level? Think that's fair? That's profane, that's austere. And then take your hand and put it down like by your ankles? That is incent- the bread and green one. Yeah, incendiary and primal. They're terrible. Yeah, so that's, that's the, the stairs. Like, you thought they wasted mythics with the five dragons? You're wasting four rare spots with those. <laughs> this, oh man. Oh. Have to that. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm gonna have to bleep that man, but with, it's with, perfectly fair. Perfectly with those fair. commands, with those stupid, those four commands are four rare spots they are wasting. Yeah, people said they wasted wasted five mythics. They wasted four rares. <laughs> At least the dragons were decent in a draft. The dragons were the dragons decent in a draft. At least uh, most of them were. Yeah, I mean I can't think of one of them I wouldn't have taken in a draft. Yeah, that's fair. I could tell you I would pass every command. Actually, I wouldn't pass the – I'd pass two of those five commands. Mm-hmm. Heartbeat. In a heartbeat. Yeah. Like I would see those and I wouldn't even consider them. I'd instantly move them back to the – move them to the back of the pack. Stupid commands. <laughs> those commands are stupid. Uh, that's fair. All right. Well, I think we're going to wrap this up. Before I have to bleep more things, because I, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to sidetrack us with the commands, but you it just occurred to me. You've gotta be that, kidding me though. That that happened, so. If the, one of these unspoilers is true, Fulminator Mage is being reprinted as a mythic? That is a suggestion that that might be occurring, yes. Why mythic? That is not a mythic card. Was it even <sighs> rare when it was printed? It was rare when it was printed, yeah. Back in Shadowmore. I mean, I get you're destroying a land, but you're destroying your creature too, and it's only a 2-2. Yeah, they don't really like to do the land destruction, but... But in modern, you have to have it. You need to be able to deal with Tron. This is true. This is absolutely Or, there's a lot of... De- a lot of okay, okay, okay. Hold, no, wait, 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 wait. This is like next week's show, right? Or maybe okay. the week after, because we're starting to come into spoiler season. We do need to start addressing modern map. But that's that's a whole other show. That is... That is maybe next time. Maybe. But, yeah. Okay, so, White Weenie, to, to wrap up, right, to, to give kind of the, the overview. The too long didn't listen, which this is only like an hour. How can this be too long? Too long didn't listen. You want uh, a mana curve that is really low. You want ones, ones and twos are doing most of your work. Uh, sprinkling of threes. You want lots of creatures. You want lots of creatures with value add. Vanilla is no good here. Okay, you you need extra bits attached to your vanilla. You need a chocolate, splash chocolate with sprinkles. Yeah, sprinkles. You need a sprinkles of uh removal and uh anthem effects, pump effects, uh and protection where you can get it. And then you call it a day. 
and turn them sideways, hit your opponent, you're done. Time for lunch. That is that is White Weenie in a nutshell. Yeah, and I like White Weenie. I do too. The only thing that's better is Red Deck Wins. I like Red Deck Wins. Yeah, well, I'll force you to talk about it one of these days. Uh, all right. I'll force you to talk about... Don't even tap out control. Just hey, man, look. Drago. I'll teach, I'll, we're going to talk about Drago one of these times, then we've we'll di- see. We've done Mill, right? So you've you've gotten you know at least one thing you like. I do like I do like Mill. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, if you want to get in touch with us, there's a variety of ways to do that. You can email us. We are mtgcardadvantage at gmail.com. We are at cardadvantage on the Twitters. We have our own website. It is cardadvantagecast.com. So you can... Catch up with us in all of those places. Uh, if you want to catch up with me, you can find me on the Twitters. That's your best way. I am at Lockluze, spelled just like it is in the show notes. I am at MindMage. The A in Mage is a four. And we always want to encourage you to support your local game shop. Without them, this game does not survive. So big shout out to my good friends over at Atomic Empire in Durham, North Carolina. It's a great shop. You should check it out. Yeah. That- that is all we have for you this week on our White Weenie edition, but we will see you all next time. No stinger? No, I don't have anything today. Oh, well. Sorry for dropping the F-bomb. Well, it's okay, man. I, I'm sorry for blindsiding you with the uh, the news about the commands.